followed you there. The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. You can hear the offbeats pound. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition and your... Hello and welcome. You're listening to the River Radio Let's Talk Business show with me, Sophie Comas. I hope you're having a great week and nice to see some sunshine out out of the window this morning. Um, On today's show, I'm delighted to have Jessica Hegren from That Works For Me, a website dedicated to matching working parents with part-time roles. Join me this afternoon. On today's show, we're going to be finding out a bit more about Jess, learning about That Works For Me and what they do, debating and discussing some of the challenges faced in the small business sector today plus we've also got some great music and book choices for you so Jess welcome good afternoon hi thanks so much for having me I'm so excited to be here excellent it's lovely to have you so how's how's your week going so far uh yeah my week's good we obviously had international women's day yesterday which is a super exciting day for us we're an all-female team behind that works for me so one of my favorite days of the year excellent oh we'll look forward to hearing a bit more about that a bit later on so um but for the listeners Jess, where where are you based where's that work for me based i am very north hampshire so on the border sort of hampshire sussex surrey Excellent, excellent. So right on the edge of our catchment area. Yes. But as um, as we were talking about just before we came on air, obviously the, the service that you provide can obviously go nationwide. So Absolutely. Yeah. Covering the whole all of over. sort of the Thames Valley all over. So tell us a bit more about That Works For Me and what, what you do and, and how you help people. So That Works For Me is a platform which connect talented, skilled individuals with brilliant businesses in the UK. And I say skilled, talented individuals, the majority of those are mums. Yeah. Um, because there is a huge need for flexible and part-time work. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of um, a lot of those kind of stories in the media at the moment about flexible working and four-day weeks and hybrid ways of working and all of that kind of stuff. It's something actually I've noticed when sort of bringing up my boys and, and in the early years that there's so much talent on the school gates that it seems a shame that often that, that talent doesn't match with the corporate space. So it's absolutely. It, it sounds absolutely spot on with, with how things are moving forward. I always joke about how there are more skills in a baby group than there are in a lot of boardrooms which may be horribly (laughs) unfair but certainly the women that I've come across are incredible yeah I love that and I I don't think you're probably (laughs) far wrong with that one that's for sure so um can you give me an example of how it all works then is it um is it for a particular kind of industry or or how how does how does everything work with you guys so we come at it from the angle of finding work for skilled people and I'm fairly agnostic about what that work looks like so we do offer um employed positions so people Mm -hmm. who are looking for perhaps full-time or part-time employment but looking for flexibility around that right the way through to the other end where we um, offer projects to people Mm. I say we it's actually for mainly for small businesses Mm -hmm. so the I'll tell you a bit more about how it all came about later but we look to match growing businesses with the talent they need but not on a full-time basis because I really recognize that as businesses are growing that need for skill and expertise is probably more 
you know relevant to them than ever mm. so being able to match them up with somebody who has that skill and has that expertise but they don't have full-time hours to give has always seemed to me like a bit of a no-brainer mm. yeah for sure no and it's, it's definitely in my world it's definitely something I see a lot of as well mm. so I can completely understand the need and, and where that's driven from which is yeah, yeah it's really exciting do, do you focus on any particular industry or sector or um kind of role within the organization Do you know, so we we don't and it's a it's one of those things isn't it so we, when we launched the business it was just before covid hit so i always <laughs> i always say that everything i thought i knew about our sales and marketing plan just completely went out the window because obviously <laughs> businesses just totally stopped buying so we launched we'd soft launched we had a three-month period where we were kind of testing the platform making sure it all worked okay and then covid landed and we were a bit like, oh, what, what do we do what now? now? Yeah, exactly what <laughs> happens. And I think everyone was obviously in the same boat. But we yeah, literally just didn't didn't know what we were doing. It was the first time both of us had uh, launched our own business. So we we took stock of what we'd learned in those first three or four months. And we relaunched in the September. Yeah. And at that point, I think it was a case of let's see who we attract. We we did specifically look at lots of sort of marketing and advertising agencies to see if we could support them in any way. But again, it was st- we were still very much in that um, that kind of post-COVID time. Mm. So what's actually happened kind of organically over the last year is that we've seen lots of different industries use us. And if I, if I was to look at kind of commonalities between them, it's probably businesses that are exactly like I've said, businesses that are growing, businesses that need that bit of expertise. So whether that is a bit of help on the finance side, whether it's a bit of help with HR, tends to be all in that sort of professional back Mm. office space where they need that help because, you know, we can't do it all, can we, as business owners? You can't be amazing at everything no matter how hard we try so yeah. <laughs> I, de- I definitely think that's a um a, a kind of a curse if you like of a small business owner that you start out and you kind of think oh I've got to do everything I've got to do the accounts yeah, and I've got to do the marketing and I've got to do the legal paperwork and I think you very quickly get to a point where you, you kind of say actually I, I can't do all of it I need you to do, recruit absolutely. some expertise and it's, it's the biggest bit of advice I think that I probably give to small businesses you know you're not you can't possibly be good at everything so kind of pick the things where it's really going to make a difference and and invest your money there Mm. so when we built our platform I'm absolutely chuffed to bits that we spent the time looking at our brand and our user journeys Mm -hmm. because obviously for us where it's all digitally enabled it's all self-service businesses can kind of go on and do everything themselves I needed to make sure that there were natural, easy to follow user journeys so that we're not constantly kind of having to fix things. Yeah. And for us, investing in that particular part of our startup was really, really worth it. Mm, definitely. And if for other people, it might be that it might be some particular um, finance element or you'll know yourself, you know, some particular component of marketing. There are some things where you where you really need that expertise. I think, I think that's where we fit. And I think that's true because you, whereas a, as a, a kind of a community, if you like, moving so much to the virtual space and yeah. to kind of a, a do-it-yourself option, <clears throat> that absolutely your your kind of your processes and your customer journey have to be absolutely spot on and really clear and really simple. Yeah. Looking at the website this morning, it, it's it's really simple and really straightforward as to how you how you kind of <laughs> you register for things if you're a business or if you're a, yeah. um, an individual looking for work. So and I, I think I mean there are there are loads of stats around it, aren't there? But people won't hang around for longer than I think was it seven, not even seven seconds. I think so. Oh, something yeah, doesn't doesn't load and they can't figure out what to do. 
they'll just move on mm. and with the best will in the world there are often lots of different places that people can go to you know find what they need so you've yeah. got to be on point on that stuff definitely no you're right I think people's patience because everything mm. is automatic and you do expect it instantaneously yeah their patience for things when they don't work is is not great so yeah and I'm I'm exactly the same <clears throat> I'm the worst for it <laughs> yeah I am I actually had an experience recently where um I, I was looking, I was talking to a um, potential business about some work and I had an initial conversation with them and the follow-up process afterwards was so awful that I, it was almost like a complete shutdown until I gave them a load of money. There was no, how was yeah. your session? Um, here's the cost of things. Would, you know, can we talk to you about it? Are you interested? There wasn't even any follow-up. Mm. It was just literally complete shutdown on my account, which I thought was most yeah. bizarre. And I think that's a real danger, isn't it, with digital platforms today that it's very easy to take people on a nice easy to use journey to you know flatter them and have all of the um sort of all of the features and everything up front and then the second they part with their money exactly like you say things do drop off so we make a real point of making sure that we follow through on what we say we're going to do so I would absolutely hate it if a small business advertised with us and they didn't receive any applications for example we make a point of reaching out to them to first of all we go to our our um 5,000 members for feedback and we say Mm. this looked like a great role what's going on yeah and often they'll tell us that you know some wording in the role profile put them off or actually they think it feels like three different areas of expertise which I think is something that lots of small businesses very commonly do they think yeah I need help help with this thing and actually you know quite because they don't have experience in that space not understanding that it looks different so we'll work very closely with small businesses to make sure that they are saying the right things to attract exactly what they need and we'll help Mm. them to get that point we're a small business ourselves so we get it yeah no absolutely (laughs) that's that's what we're there for that's what I want to help with yeah and and that's great if you've got that base of people you can reach out to and yeah. kind of say well you know if, if you've got this 5,000 people here why is nobody not even one person applying then yeah. that's great feedback right there and it's really easy to adjust things to hopefully then attract people as you move forward so. yeah absolutely and sometimes it's the smallest thing so we had a um, we had a role advertised once and it had the word guru in the title oh my goodness people hated it so 90% of our audience are women and 89% of them are mums Mm -hmm. and I always correlate that you know that that lack of confidence which I think often comes when you have a baby then asking someone to declare themselves a guru in something there's just a real mismatch there it's a disconnect there is a real disconnect Mm. and people don't like putting themselves forward to that so we took we took that off and we made a couple of other tweaks lo and behold lots of applications and another successful match oh that's fantastic (laughs) that's really interesting just that small yeah I mean I I talk a lot lot with um with clients and with colleagues about putting the customer at the heart of everything that you do and it's so true just that small example there of wording can really make such a difference to to people either engaging with you or disconnecting with you it's um it's I find all of that stuff really fascinating it's so fascinating and it's really tricky isn't it because some places will say no you know we've spent ages (coughs) writing this this job profile exactly as we want it and it and it describes our culture I think that's all very well but there are other ways of communicating your culture and what your business is about without using words that put people off Mm. because actually there you could get somebody incredible who doesn't consider themselves a guru but actually they have 15 years of experience behind them and they're really very good at what they do yeah so Yeah. yeah 
No, definitely. So yesterday was International Women's Day, um, which you mentioned yesterday, uh, yesterday, earlier. Um, (laughs) I also feel like I need to reference International Men's Day to maintain the balance of things, which is the 19th of November. I think it's the 19th, not the 18th. Um, Anyway, that's in November, so I feel like I need to readdress the balance. But I'm loving all of the content that was shared yesterday that I saw in emails in, um, you know, even from big brands offering to, you know, make percentages of, of donations of profits to to charities to help support women get back out to work to get back into the workplace to do lots of really cool stuff I think uh, Mint Velvet was one example I think um, I think a white company might have been another example of, of you know even big brands yeah. really getting behind this and, and giving something back but um, did you did you get up to anything yesterday? We did we had some big celebrations so we had in the morning we had three guest speakers so every Tuesday morning I do a LinkedIn live and we go across a couple of other platforms as well but mainly on LinkedIn where I invite a different guest on whether that be a small business a a big corporate who's working flexibly or somebody who's just a a specialist in some sort of area. Mm -hmm. So I had three amazingly inspirational ladies that came on to tell me all about their their battle with bias, basically, which was obviously the theme Mm. of International Women's Day this year. Yes. Um, So we are, do you know what? People's willingness to share their, their stories and really of where they've come from. So Pinky was talking about um, some of the battles that she's faced because of her ethnicity. Ali has um, a chronic illness, but it's not a visible one, so you can't mm-hmm. tell. So she was telling us about that. And Claire shed loads on her um, her background and what brought her to where she is today. So that was amazing. It's, I think it's always really inspirational yeah. hearing those kind of stories because it kind of... It kind of just reminds you that despite all of the odds and despite some, you know, not starting off in the best place, yeah. actually, people can still achieve amazing things. Absolutely, and gosh, especially hearing from Ali, who kind of lives with a significant amount of pain every day, but still has such huge ambition. She's written a book. She has become a real expert. I know I said guru then, I might call her a guru. <laughs> An expert in Pinterest, which she hadn't even done before, so she started completely afresh. I just, there's something really... I don't know, life affirming. It just uh, this morning I felt up really excited to kind of get up and go just because I'd heard yeah. all these fantastic stories. So and of course, because you were joining us here this afternoon as well. Obviously. <laughs> the first time ever on radio. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, so we're always interested to start to get to know the, the people behind the business. Yeah. Um, when we, we've got our guests join us on the show. What was the best part of your job? What kind of, you know, apart from obviously hopping out of bed to join us this morning on River Radio, <laughs> what's, the, what's the best part of your job? What, what makes you kind of hop out of bed in the morning so I am a mother of four children I think you're a superwoman (laughs) (laughs) you are definitely a superwoman (laughs) I'm I'm a superwoman supported by a superman and today a super auntie who's also amazing um so the best part about my job is that it affords me the flexibility to look after my four children so when I left the corporate world I I didn't immediately know what to do, but I had, my husband and I both actually had some shared values that we wanted to live by. And one of those was for us to bring up our own children. So we wanted them to, we always say we wanted them to walk like us, talk like us and be there as much as we could. So setting up that works for me means it does mean working some late nights so I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not sat there at 11 p.m on my laptop <laughs> but that does happen but it also means that I can be at the school gates at 3 30 
and I'm there right the way through till after bedtime to do the reading, make the dinner, hear about their days. Um, so yeah, that's absolutely the oh, best. Lovely, part. yeah. So, and they're all important parts because as they grow up, they yeah. they need you less in that way, and you know they need you in different ways, but yeah. um, less about those nice snuggly things. Exactly, we're still very much in the physical space at the moment. My youngest is actually seven months, so she's Aww. still very needy. Yeah, <laughs> in a good way. Lovely, enjoy it, enjoy <laughs> yes. it. Um, and, and by contrast, what about the worst? The worst part is I was talking about this yesterday, so. When somebody runs their own business and they say to you, it's really hard work, you don't understand <laughs> what that hard work is until you run your own business. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, I, yes. I feel <laughs> like the roller coaster, which can happen, it's not just even week to week, in the same day, you know, you can acquire a new client, you can lose a referral partner, you can get a bill in that you didn't expect. Just the ups and downs, I find it's taken some real getting used to and I genuinely find it quite um shocking how hard it can be at times and I have always thought of myself as quite a resilient individual I come from financial services you know I was the only female board member in the company that I worked with like I've spent a lot of time in some pretty tough environments but nothing beats running your own business. <laughs> it really doesn't. Oh, no, I, I yeah. think there's definitely some listeners out there at the moment that will be going, yep, I can agree with that. Yeah. I, can, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> just, just hard work. But uh, <clears throat> the, highs, the highs make it worth it, don't they? You know, to be able to see... Oh, I, had this, I had a beautiful email from a lady the other day who... She's got two children. She hasn't been in the workplace for... I think she said it was about six years. Mm-hmm. She had a session with one of the coaches that we recommended on our site. She applied for a particular job that she found on ours with a small business and she got the job and she was so happy. She sent me the loveliest email. It almost made me cry, actually. But I just, to read something like that, you just think, oh my goodness, that is exactly what I set out to do, you know. That's why I do it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why I do it. There's no, no... Yeah, nothing quite like it. No, that's the, that's definitely the, the big reward for sure. Um, and ju- just kind of thinking about that, because you're right, it is really tough to to run and manage your own small business. Yeah. We like to share with our listeners some podcasts or mm. book recommendations from our guests that join us on the show. And I know you've sent me quite a few, so I can tell you really like your podcast. I must admit, it's <laughs> not do. something I've I've necessarily got into. I'm much more of a bookworm. Do you know why but, it's podcast? Because you're, as a mum to four, I spend a lot of time <laughs> I'm sorting washing is the honest truth <laughs> and whilst I'm sorting washing I think rather than it be dead time I listen to audiobooks or podcasts so That's there you go top to another great tip there yeah, I and think. on the school runs on the way home obviously I'm not allowed them on the way there <laughs> <laughs> excellent so what what's one podcast that you would recommend to our listeners I am a big fan of I've got a couple actually if that's okay so I love yeah. Happiness and Humans by that's Matt Feeden so he is okay. founder of the Happiness Index yeah and they do a lot of work with organizations on their engagement and happiness and how to genuinely look at um, the all-round experience of, of their people mm-hmm. um, and happiness delves into the uh, neuroscience behind it which is really okay. interesting yeah um, I love Alt Control Delete by Emma Gannon. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of her. So she looks, she does lots of um, talk on the future of work. Okay. Um, and again, she has lots of really interesting guests. 
And then if I need something lighter, which often I do, then Parenting Hell is my absolute go-to. So that's with Josh Widdicombe and Bob okay. Beckett. Do you know that one? I know Josh Widdicombe. I haven't, yeah. um, I haven't heard that one, but it's, I shall, I shall check it out. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's just their experiences of being dads to young children. It's, it's just brilliant. It really obviously resonates. <laughs> I can imagine, yes, yeah. with, with four of them. I imagine you've got one at yeah, least exactly, in the same yeah. age. Yeah, one, one in each stage. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so, no, that's great. I shall go and check those out because I do need to get into more more podcasts and there's some great recommendations there so thank you um so we would like to play a track this afternoon I know you've chosen two for us um yep. one is actually one of my all-time one of my all-time favorite songs oh. as well which is it's our first one so would you like to tell the listeners what you what you chose so my first track that I chose was every breath you take but yes but you take it yes that's right Um, definitely I feel like that is just a song of my childhood we mum and dad were massive music fans and of every different kind but Sting and the Police was just like a real just really reminds me we also went to the Isle of Wight Festival a few years ago and saw them live and I just have Uh, one of those real moments to this song of just oh I don't know just really took me back to my childhood I love it Love it. Love the Isle of Wight Festival as well. (laughs) So here we have, we have Sting and Every Breath You Take. Single 
and welcome back. You're listening to Sophie Comas on the River Radio Let's Talk Business show. Thank you for listening in this afternoon. Today we're joined by Jess Hegren from That Works For Me. And so far we've heard a little bit more about That Works For Me and who they are. Don't forget if you have missed part of today's show, you can listen to the show again on Catch Up via the website, river.radio or as a podcast via all of the usual places. And of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having on the show today, please drop me an email to sophie at river.radio. So um, about this time in the show, Jess, we start to ask our, our guests a quick fire question. Okay. Round. Don't worry, the look of terror on your face say. is not warranted. It's, Don't it's not worry. not trivia, is it? My husband will have his head in his hands right now thinking, oh God. It's not what, sorry? <laughs> it's not trivia, is oh, it? Oh, trivia. No, no, it's not trivia. Okay, You're good. all good. Ooh. I think you'll know the answers to these. So the first question, do you like Marmite? Oh, I love Marmite. Oh, Schweppes or Fever Tree? Fever Tree. <laughs> Football or rugby? Rugby. Tea or coffee? Tea. Le- uh, lemon or lime? Uh, lemon. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Beach or city? Beach. Uh, holidays, I should quantify that. <laughs> Always beach, doesn't matter. Holiday, life. <laughs> Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk chocolate. Lovely. And to wrap up, tell us one unusual thing about yourself. I have a pet tortoise, oh. <laughs> Taylor, who I always say that I've had longer than my husband. Oh. So. <laughs> How old is he? It's actually a she. So, a she, okay. Yeah, so we did think he she was a he for a long while and then some things happened when we realized it was actually a female tortoise oh uh she is about 25 now oh gosh because they live quite a long time don't they tortoises yes i will go in my will oh <laughs> oh lovely oh so okay so we've heard a lot about um about the business and, yeah. and what you do and how you help people um interested in your your kind of background and and sort of how you ended up um deciding to set up your own business in this way and and everything you did so so kind of what where, where did the idea come from and what was the business journey that you took on route so I was previously a strategy and distribution director for a big insurance company um I I think I mentioned earlier that I was the only female of on the board yeah um and when I had a baby I was then the only female member of the board who had you know primary caring responsibilities and yeah, I went back on a flexible working arrangement, but I think a flexible working arrangement only works if there's a flexible working culture. And mm. at that point in time, that wasn't really there. So if they wanted a meeting on a Friday afternoon and everyone was there, then they they had one, whether I was there or not. Um, and it was it was really tough because I was in that constant, you know, that constant pull between my baby and wanting to be at work. I'd always done a really good job and I, I was mm. a real career girl. I was one of the youngest directors from a very young age. And I, when I fell pregnant with my second baby, I just, I thought I can't keep doing this. This isn't going to work. And I, I feel really sad saying this, sad for myself, but sad because I know how, how often this story plays out. I meet women all the time who have exactly the same experience. So I left that job and for, I think it was probably about eight, nine months, I did the stay-at-home mum thing. I had these two little girls <laughs> who were very close together, and I thought, yep, I can do this. Um, and I started to obsess over, you know, what the, what they were having for dinner and what I was going to mash up for their food and that type of thing. And I I realised eventually that I needed something else um, 
the stay-at-home mum thing wasn't going to work for me. My brain needed to be occupied with something that isn't butternut squash and courgette. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't know what to do straight away. I'd always had in the back of my mind that I would like to set up my own business at some point. I did my dad's books. He's a um, builder, so I'd done those for him from a really young age. And Mm. just I'd had that sort of as as an inspiration. And my mum too, actually. So she used to... Do you remember before the days we had computers, the way books used to be written is someone would handwrite them all. Yeah. My mum then used to type them up and send them to the publishers. That was her job and she did that oh, around wow. us as kids. Um, so, yeah, I knew that I wanted to set something up. And basically, I mentioned earlier about how I often saw more women at baby groups with, you know, a greater talent than what I'd experienced in many boredoms. No offence, old colleagues. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they... Yeah, there's, there were just so many women who just have fallen out of the workplace because that flexible working culture isn't there to support them. Um, and it all came to a head one day when a friend of mine called who runs a a business that had gone through a real rapid growth period and she was having some finance issues because she'd had a very junior finance person doing all of her cash flow for her. Mm. And it turned out she thought she had a lot of money and she didn't have very much at all. It was a really terrible wow. time for them, yeah. Um, and I said to her at the time, why haven't you got a CFO? You know, you're at a size now where you really should have somebody who's looking at all this stuff for you. And she said something that I've heard from so many small businesses you wouldn't believe. And that was that she thought she was too small and she didn't have enough, she couldn't afford one and she didn't yeah. have enough work to fill a full-time role. Yeah. So I said to her, why don't you hire a mum? You'll get somebody who might only want 10 to 12 hours work a week. They might want four days a month. But you'll get somebody who's really skilled, experienced, talented. And knows, and knows what they're doing, more and knows, Exactly knows mm. what they're doing, yeah. But doesn't want need to work full-time or doesn't want to work full-time. Like To me, the that match just just seemed so obvious. And that was my, I really hate the expression, but that was my light bulb moment where I thought, <laughs> oh, I wonder whether there's anything in this. So I went and did my research and I found that there are some recruitment companies who specialise in this and they're very good at what they do. But from a small business perspective, they're way too expensive. You know, small mm. businesses can't afford to be paying sort of 20, 30 percent of salaries. Then right at the other end, there are freelance platforms where you can access people. The reality, I think, for a lot of those is if you get a good freelancer, they tend to only be on there for the first year when they, yeah, they go if, live. If that. And then exactly yeah. if that. And you can end up working with somewhere anywhere in the world who doesn't really understand your market. Mm. So I thought, I, you know, if we come at this from the perspective of um, finding flexible and part-time work for this completely untapped talent pool, because it is massively underutilised. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, yeah. I, you know, just listening to your story, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm sort of smiling gently over yeah. here because it's exactly the experience we've had in, in, you know, and we live in quite different places, but it's exactly the same experience that I've had that, you know, taking boys to school and meeting mums on the school gate. There's so much talent talent there it's yeah. um I, I completely yeah and completely it's, and it's just you. so underused but to to come across businesses who are in the space where they need it you know how valuable is it to have somebody who actually understands your finances but you just tap into them for a few hours here and there when you need them absolutely that for that for for a mum we're not I should I should say at this point we're not exclusive to mums and absolutely invite anyone to be part of it but they're in in telling my story and kind of where the business has come from obviously that's you know that's a big focus for us increasingly actually I think lots of 
people as they reach their sort of 50s and 60s and are looking to perhaps wind down or spend time with elderly parents or supporting looking after grandchildren that's another real yeah. another real untapped talent pool there I think that that exists that also have so much to offer yeah do you know what? that's really interesting just as I was listening to you there I was going to say what about almost the opposite end yeah. of the spectrum you know I, well we'll come on to some challenges I think faced yeah. by your industry at the moment and actually the small business sector in general but one of the things that we've touched on on the show previously is that there's this idea of, of the great resignation which is talked yeah. about a lot in the media and it is all all that time of where people have had um, time during covid and over the last couple of years to really reflect on actually what am i doing am i fulfilled with that is it what i want to do and and as you rightly observe almost the opposite end of the spectrum of the the retired or nearing retirement people again with loads of a wealth of experience and knowledge that perhaps don't want to be working the full-time full-on roles anymore but just want to keep doing something absolutely and if i if i kind of look at who has helped us in this (coughs) business journey i've had a few people that you know they've been through something similar they've set up a number of businesses and they're now you know calling themselves a consultant or whatever it may be but actually there have been a couple Mike Dwyer to call out to him has was absolutely amazing just at kind of keeping me sane and keeping me focused every so often and also saying to me this is normal Um, who's Mike Mike is a a coach that I was put in touch with through my local LEP actually so I don't know whether people know that service exists but it's your um, sort of local business support area that they they've been brilliant another guy I know Kevin has set up a community called Diversity X and it's for lots of founders who sort of fit into that that underestimated founders basically okay so he also has been amazing, you know, been around for a long time, knows what he's doing, and just brings a completely different perspective. Yeah. And it always tends to be people who are, you know, much more experienced like us or, you know, maybe at that sort of nearing retirement age. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's interesting that you talk about um, the the help which is available because we yeah. have had um, uh, Berkshire, the Berkshire Growth Hub um, was, was my yeah. very first guest on the show yeah. back in September and they have done a great um work they've done a lot of great work in helping to support small businesses get established and get moving and we've also had bucks business first on here which Mm. is the buckinghamshire equivalent but i think there is changing and change in the structure that you have got i think it's leps i can't remember what that's it sorry that's what i meant for Um, yeah that's how that was yeah which i yeah i thought that's what you meant (laughs) um but so there is a structure of that across all counties now i believe because obviously the well the, the funding previously i think was from the eu and obviously since brexit that's no longer available so i think they're restructuring the the way that that support works so if you are listening and you do want some help then do reach out to your local um lep areas it's bucks business first in buckinghamshire the berkshire growth hub in berkshire and um, do you know what the hampshire equivalent is for your area um no, no, that, uh, no. It was so a, it was the LEP. To, I think. Yeah, to search it and, and find yeah. it. So, um, but yeah, there's lots of good support out there, and they do lots of workshops and lots of um, different ways in which you can. Yeah, can we had support. we had twelve hours um, of free coaching, which, like I said, has just been invaluable. I think just having somebody to at the time we were looking at going for investment as well, which is a whole new yeah, it's a difficult game. New, diffi- <laughs> yeah, difficult, difficult um, journey to go on. And Mike was really, really helpful in that space of having again having someone who knows that and has been through it was really great 
Excellent. So is there anything that you'd have done differently? I mean, it sounds like an amazing journey you've been on over the last two years. But <laughs> I'd have done so much differently. <laughs> really? <laughs> what would you have done differently? I, Maybe one or two things. So we built a digital platform. And the reason we did that was so that it is accessible to small businesses and it's a cost-effective solution. I mentioned earlier yeah. about how I think so many of the sort of recruitment and access to talent solutions can be too expensive. So I wanted to build something that you know, that worked, was effective. Instead of going out and talking to loads of small businesses about what that should look like, I having, I think I just had my third baby at that point. So so many of them. (laughs) (laughs) Just had my third baby. Yeah, instead of going out and talking to people, I I hid on the sofa. I was having another confidence dip again, as as I do every time I have a baby. I sat on my sofa with, I went out and bought a new laptop and I sat on my sofa for six months typing this 100 page document on what the platform should look like. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I don't think anyone's ever even read it. (laughs) In some, if I'm being kind to myself, it helped me clarify a lot of my thinking I was just going to say, you probably did need to go through that just to kind of almost get it out of your mind and just explore the different directions that you wanted to go in. Yeah, yeah, maybe, I think. Maybe it's a book in the future. (laughs) If I was, yeah, if I was to go and do it differently, I would put myself out there and go and speak to lots of small businesses about what they needed, what they wanted and how how we wanted it to work. Because a lot of that ended up sort of feeding in not too late in the journey, but later on than than I would have liked. Sure. Um, but I think, again, something I'm sure lots of other small business owners think, but the the need to be brave when you start your own business is, for me, that, that overriding, if you've, the overriding thing that you need more than anything. It's, to, you have to put yourself out there constantly, don't you? And you have to yes. tell the world what you're doing. And I really struggled with that in the early days because Mm. I feel like I'd left this you know big corporate shiny job where I was on the talent register and on succession plans and I knew where I was headed and then I had a baby and I just thought oh what what am I what 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 am I doing and then I feel I had this idea about a business that I wanted to start and I didn't I had worked in project management and on IT projects and things before so to some to some degree I, I knew what I actually did was went to my best friend, Nick, and said to her, oh, look, I've got this idea. Nick and I had been project managers when we both worked at RBS. Mm. And she'd sort of stayed in that digital project program space, whereas I'd gone off into the business side. So actually, sure. we kind of came together in, in quite a nice way. But still, for both of us, it was a, oh, are we doing this? Are we doing this thing? And for a long time, you feel like you haven't really got a thing until you've got yeah. somebody that actually hands money for your services, which for us was a good two years, I think, from Yeah, but I guess you had, you had to put so much investment up front into the website to get the user journey yeah. up and running that um, so it's a big commitment up front from well, you guys, and, I guess. And we bootstrapped as well, so I used all my redundancy <coughs> money. Sorry, husband, hmm. again. <laughs> <laughs> I used all my redundancy money to plough into this thing. And then that just means that it means so much more to you. So you hmm. take every, once you actually launch, again, I'm sure this will resonate with everyone, but that whatever anybody says, how big or how small, something they like, something they don't like. I'll never forget a friend of mine when our branding came through for the first time said it looked a bit childish. And that comment has never, ever left my mind. And yet everyone else is like, oh, I love it. I love the colours. I love the concept. I love all of the imagery. But it's that one that one negative yeah. thing, you know, that sticks, just sticks. It sticks in the yeah. back of your mind. Definitely. It's, it's yes. No, I can, I, again, I can 
completely yeah. <laughs> hear, but hear a lot of the things that you're you saying. Have, you there. have to learn quite quickly, don't you, to discount the discount the things that matter and only you know only count the things that. Um, sorry the the ones that don't matter to separate those off and the things that actually are helpful and useful to actually take notice of those yeah and I think it took me quite a while to do that yeah yeah it's definitely challenging because when it is your business and something that's important to you it's really it's personal it becomes personal so I completely understand that is there is there anyone that you um found really inspirational along your journey that's kind of really helped you to get and achieve where you are today yeah, I've mentioned a couple of the names. I think somebody recently, um, Lauren Curry. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know her. She does a huge amount of work with female empowerment and confidence. And I went to one of her workshops. Mm. Um, I think it was maybe a year, eighteen months ago now, um, where we did lots of work on public speaking and why, as women and mothers, we often feel like we're you know not enough and why we suffer so much with imposter syndrome and all these things so she was and she's continued to be a real support for the business actually mm. um which is which is lovely to That's kind of great. have a relationship with someone that you that you think so much of is great yeah definitely absolutely and what what does the future hold for the business i mean it sounds like you've had an amazing journey so far and um, what what happens next well we at the moment we're just shy of 5000 members and I think wow that's amazing yeah. is, is that people registered for work or does that include the business side as well so 10% of those are businesses and 90% are our members which what seems to be quite a good balance for us um I think we've advertised I had a look the other day and again we're just short of about a thousand roles which is amazing wow. they those roles look like anything from know hiring a a freelancer to help you with some um, governance or infrastructure or social media or something like that right the way through to a a role as a a lawyer in a business for example Mm. Um, so I think for us it's really I said our sort of sales and marketing strategy was um, was not strong enough in the wake of COVID. Not that <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody's so, was, to be fair. No. I don't think anybody expected <laughs> it, so I don't think you're alone there. No, but I think over the last sort of six months since I had baby number four, but you can see my journey is very much aligned with each of the children that I've had. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, we've really sort of figured out, I think, what works and, and who we can help and how we can help them in different ways. So what we're doing with small businesses might look very different so we've recently started working with eon uh, with mitchell you know some of the much bigger Fantastic. brands so we can do things in that space because actually different people need different things mm. um but the good news is that we're able to do both of those yeah, so you can flex and scale as, yeah. as people need fantastic yes. well that's brilliant it's um it's been really interesting hearing all about the business and about your journey so far and i know um we've got one more song to play yes. um but before, um, before we perhaps talk about some of the challenges which are faced by small business owners today, um, and there's certainly lots of those out there looking at the news and the media and everything that's going on at the moment. Um, but before we chat through that, um, you've got another song for us. Um, I do. Would you like to share that with us? Yes, and my next song is Dreadlock Holiday. Now, this song is was snuck on to my first birth playlist by my husband. So <laughs> when, you, when you go in for a planned cesarean, you're allowed to have some music on playing in the background and we really put this carefully curated list together of all of our favorite tracks and he snuck this one on <laughs> and lo and behold guess which one the baby came out to. <laughs> so I always Excellent. say to people that I held her for the first time to my girl which I did but in reality she was born to this song. <laughs> 
<laughs> Excellent. So that's brilliant. So that's Dreadlock Holiday by 10CC. I was walking down the street Concentrating on trucking right I heard a dark voice beside of me And I looked round in a state of fright I saw four faces, one man, a brother from the gutter They looked me up and down a bit and turned to each other Sophie Comas on the River Radio Let's Talk Business Show. Thank you so much for listening in this afternoon. Today we're joined by Jess Hegren. Sorry, Jess, I, I'm struggling <laughs> with that okay. with your surname. Um, <laughs> Jess is from That Works For Me. And so far we've learned a lot about Jess and the business. Don't forget, if you have missed part of today's show, you can listen on the show again via the website, River.radio, as a podcast via Alexa, Apple or Google. 
And of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having on the show today, please do drop us an email to sophie at river.radio. Now, Jess, there's lots of challenges facing the small business world, both on a macro and a micro level. And obviously the world, the the kind of the media at the moment is dominated by the events happening in Ukraine at the moment, which is just so incredibly sad. Um, And I'm I'm sure that those will start to impact the small business uh, industry in many ways as well. Um, I I think it already is. I was speaking to somebody yesterday and their development team out in Ukraine. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they're having a, having a terrible time. Oh, wow. Gosh, yes. I mean, I was, I was thinking more from a kind of an oil, gas, wheat. Um, somebody was saying to me earlier that a large proportion of our wheat comes in from, from Ukraine. But actually, yes, you're right, just Russian and Ukraine teams, everything's been suspended, all budgets have been frozen. So yeah, if you're working for companies and you've got teams out in, in those regions, it's, it's well, imp- impossible to do yeah, anything. There's a lot, in the, a lot in the tech space, particularly in Ukraine, there's a really heavy concentration of development teams. It's mm. been a real um, growth area. But yeah, it's it's desperately sad yeah it's a horrible story yes yeah I, I agree with you um so kind of recognizing that that is obviously something which is affecting all of us are there you know just kind of thinking perhaps things which are maybe a little bit closer to the home mm-hmm. what are the kind of maybe two or three challenges that you see facing facing your industry this year I think there are a couple of big things at, at the moment. So the Great Resignation is one that's talked about a lot. So yeah. this concept of people, I guess, rethinking things as they as that we emerge from a, a COVID world and thinking about how they want their how they want their lives to look. Um, I think it's happening a lot more in America. I think in the UK we have we were able to adapt a lot more quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think on the whole, so again, it's interesting, I speak to businesses of all different sizes, so we get quite a good cross-section of um, of what's happening at that at that macro level, like you said, versus, the, versus micro. And the bigger companies are being quite smart about it, taking their time a little bit, talking to people, understanding what they want and implementing the right types of flexible working around it. For smaller companies, I think there's probably been a real, has it worked having people sat in different places? Do I still need an office space? Yes. You know, how often do we need to get people together? What do I do about my <coughs> company culture? How do I keep building that to make sure that that best serves my customers? Yeah. So I think it's, I, I think it that each, you know, whatever, whatever size your business is comes with a different set of challenges. I think on an individual level, we are all looking at our time and how we spend it. I always think one of our biggest stresses comes from not having control over our own time and that mm. lack of freedom to having to conform to other people's timetables. And I think if one positive was to come out of COVID, it was to stop and say, actually, you know what, you know, how do I want to structure things? And I always think for dads in particular, it was a real, it was a, a real moment of actually you know taking children on the school run if not you know mm. being at, being at home with them and in many cases seeing you know we we know statistically that mums picked up a lot of the homeschooling and and that level of activity and I think dad's seeing that a lot of the time yeah and again I'm being very stereotypical here obviously that you know different situations but on mass and what's reported uh, yeah. in the media 
I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's not just way of working, I think, that's contributing to that. It's also the brand values in organisations. So what is their environmental policy? How, how is the organisation looking after my mental well-being? So, you know, you're right, the kind of the four-day week or the flexible working is definitely a big part of that. But actually, you know, are they offering other support? Is there um, counselling available? Are they offering mindfulness sessions? Are they offering yoga and Pilates? You know, how else is the organisation supporting my well-being? to then enable their employees to be productive as as much as they can be yeah and I think it's a real moment of truth (coughs) for a lot of companies so lots of them will talk about their well-being of employees do they actually care now I think is the time when you when you find out and also now is the time where people are brave enough to ask the question and to make the challenge because of the period that we've just been through yeah and what I think will happen longer term is that the companies that are that genuinely care about their people and that are genuinely getting this right will survive and and will do better for sure I mean there's actually quite a lot of research Mm. which is starting to evolve around where you see organizations focusing on the mental well-being of their employees because obviously if you've got happy employees they perform better and therefore it impacts the bottom line. So actually there is a direct correlation starting to be tracked and reported upon that if you if you do start to focus on these things, actually there's a financial benefit. So which I think is brilliant. I think it's really important that you, you we are starting to see these things becoming you know becoming more of a conversation I do and I really love actually the amount of smaller businesses that are thinking about this from day one so we have lots of conversations Mm. with with businesses that are very mindful about the culture that they're creating and like I said how how do they achieve so if remote working for example is enabled from day one all team members how do they still bring a culture to that business and what do they what do they do to make sure that they are best serving the people that they're working for yeah and it's quite interesting isn't it I think because you have different age demographics that want slightly different things yes. so I think if you're you know maybe in a similar position to you and I where you've got a family and actually it's really you know you're pretty established in your career you've got your network you've mm-hmm. got you know you understand how things work in an organization maybe you've been there for a while and many times it's awesome being able to work from home because yeah. you haven't got a commute, it's com- more convenient, you get more done. Whereas actually if you're new into the workplace, perhaps coming out of university or just starting a role, it's more challenging because you're you're kind of just sat there by yourself and a big part of your work yeah. experience at that time in your, your business journey is around meeting people and connecting and that's a lot more difficult when you're everybody's sat in their sat in their own home offices or wherever yeah. they work I think it comes it comes back to so I know this challenge was raised a lot when people were talking about remote working you know what about training what about what about that sort of thing but I think the, I suppose the thing that's really got to me through this is that not not everything is as black and white as everybody works from home or everybody into the office you know there are lots of there's a scale in between isn't there so even if you're a a real sort of junior in the office and you're just building your experience do you need to be sat next to somebody who probably spends 90 percent of their times in in the meeting anyway Mm. or actually you better off having a day a week where you take a big list of things and you work through some problems together with a more experienced colleague yeah. you can then take away and you know again this is going to look very different in different industries but I think just thinking a bit more smartly about how we break down some of these challenges rather than taking the very easy approach of saying the only way we can possibly train people is if everyone is in mm. the office yeah I think that's the that's what today's problems demand of people yeah. 
And it's, it's like you say, it's an opportunity to rewrite the rule book, really, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, because if you spend most of your day either answering emails or working on things or sat in meeting or mm. sat on Zoom calls, actually, you're very easy to do that in the office, at home, in a coffee shop of your choosing yeah. or, or, you know, wherever you, you feel comfortable. Whereas then if you get the teams in to engage or to have meetings in person to brainstorm things, then that's actually really productive as well. So it's just kind of getting that hybrid way of working. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I and I think this thing, the concept of productivity to me is also a really interesting one. So I mentioned that I was in financial services, specifically in insurance and where we ran lots of call centres and we ran them at 60% productivity. Now, my time is very limited and I I would say I probably operate at about 97% productivity because I have far fewer hours to give. So the hours that I do have are full-on work or or full-on baby. And actually, I wonder if you look at those hours next to one another and what actually gets, you know, what actually gets achieved, then it's, it's starting, it's thinking about that outcomes-based approach isn't it to work Mm. so instead of assessing how long somebody has sat in a chair for and how many hours they've looked at a screen actually what did they achieve in that time what did they what did they do did they do the things that they need to do and again I think for small businesses being able to think a bit more intelligently about is this person delivering the objectives that I've set them versus did they sit at a computer screen for 10 hours like I asked them to I think is Mm. is something that will definitely serve them well on the long-term journey yeah for sure and there's definitely some industries I I remember I looked at a a job when I was making similar choices to yourself Mm -hmm. you know do I stay in the well it was actually just after I was made redundant so do I return to the corporate space do I set up on my own and and that kind of mindset was very still I want this I want you at your desk between nine and five five days a week and it's kind of like well but I don't have to be at my desk. You know, I just actually come from a really flexible way of working. So it was quite hard to, to revert back to maybe a way of working when I first started out in my career. So it's yeah. good, I think, that those things are, are hopefully on their way out. Fingers crossed, definitely. So is there is there one tip for anyone kind of sat there listening to us today that you'd like to maybe share with us that, that perhaps you haven't already? What's the one tip if I'm sitting there thinking, perhaps with baby number four, <laughs> um, I want to set don't, up... Don't do <laughs> no, um, I want to set up my own business what, what word of wisdom would you share with them I think the best thing to do is to get out and speak to people so I said at okay. the beginning about I spent far too much time kind of sat on my own in a room the best thing you can do is go out talk to potential customers figure out who you're selling to what you're selling to and then come back to what it is you're going Excellent. to do that's brilliant. Thank you. Very wise words there for me this <laughs> afternoon. So before we wrap up um, for this week, thank you ever so much for joining us today. Thank Jess. you so much for having me. It's been really oh, good fun. It's been, yeah, it's been lovely to, to meet and lovely to, to hear all about the business. Um, so, but before we go, if someone wanted to find out a bit more, if they've liked what you've been talking about today, yeah. either a small business owner that thinks, ah, yes, I definitely need some help with that project. Yeah. Or as maybe somebody that's wanting to look for some freelance projects or, or their next challenge challenge what's the best way for them to get in touch with you so we are thatworksforme.co.uk and we currently are for a very limited period only while we figure out what we're doing we're running free projects so if you've got something sort of very time constrained then you can currently post those for free um if you are looking for work same website you'll see the navigation's hopefully nice and clear and if you want to reach out for me then i'm jess at thatworksforme.co.uk on email 
Lovely. That's brilliant. Well, thank you ever so much for joining us this afternoon. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Hopefully catch up soon. Thank you. So next week, Fiona's going to be back on the show and she's going to be talking to some more great small business owners. If you do have any questions about today's show or have a question that you'd like to ask, like us to ask our guests next week, please do get in touch with either Fiona or myself. Um, Fiona is Fiona at River.Radio and I am Sophie at River.Radio. We also have um, lots more great shows coming up across the River Radio Network for the rest of the week. And of course, if you have missed part of today's show, you can listen again on the website river.radio or via podcast via your usual channels otherwise i will leave you with dolly and we will see you next week thanks very much 